Here at Siren Soapbox, we believe that if you wait until something is perfect to share it, then the world may never see it. This episode isn't our best work, but we sure are proud that we put ourselves out there. We are lifelong learners and explorers, and we lead by example. We want our early work to be proof of that. We've learned and grown so much over the last year, and if you're new here, we invite you to listen to our show starting with the most recent episode, then work your way back. You are not alone, because there is strength in sisterhood. No one knows that better than Annie, Becky, Jess, Lauren, Mary, and Tracy, six lovely sirens who have been through the storms of life and help one another through the other side. Join them in this safe space to unwind with these uniquely minded women as they sound off on a different topic each week with some tips and tricks for everyday quandaries along the way. They don't always agree, but they will always love each other. Now, let's dive into another amazing episode of the Siren Soapbox. Welcome back to Siren Soapbox. Thank you so much to our suds for answering last week's question. Jess asked, what is your favorite small business and why? Other than Pachamama, which we've all had great experiences with uh, Lindsay and her company and Geyser B Company and Westside Market again, another favorite. Mary said her favorite small business is Scuba Unlimited in Blue Ash. They keep our dive community connected. And I said banana candy. Uh, the Sirens went to the Manatee Festival in Crystal River, Florida, where we first met Mandy. And she makes uh, hand makes handbags, and she's got the best quality and customer service, and they are super super cute. But moving on to today's episode, we have a very special episode for you all. Our topic today is: Are there business choices you would make differently now than when you were growing up as a result of being more environmentally aware and conscious, or are you environmentally conscious at all? After our sirens speak on their soapbox, we have a few special guests this week as part of our small business series this holiday season to speak to us today about their environmentally friendly small businesses. The episodes will now be streaming on Podbean, Spotify, TuneIn, and also now just added Audible and Amazon Company. First, we're going to hear our sirens get on their soapbox. Each siren has two minutes to discuss their point of view, and then we're going to open up the floor for our guests. They will get eight minutes to talk about their business. Then we'll open up the floor for questions and debate. Remember, this is a safe space to speak on our opinions, and if at any time it starts to get too intense, our safe word is... Mango! Mango. All right, sirens. If you are ready to dive in, Becky went first. Which is a very big uh, struggle for me because you guys are the ones that give me all the ideas on what I want to talk about. Um, Differences between my purchase habits now and what I purchased when I was a kid. So this is a memory that comes back and I'm going to throw it out there because it's funny. So I remember starting spending my allowance at the corner gas station on New Kids on the Block sticker books and Mexican jumping beans and candy (laughs) and whatever I could get my hands on. Um, And that that kind of ideal, I wanted it. I didn't put a lot of thought into it. Uh, I wanted it. I went and bought it. Um, 
to where I am now, where I do like to buy things that are reusable. I have been trying to eliminate single-use items, purchasing something of higher quality, something that is, you know, environmentally sustainable, um, things that are going to last a lifetime. Um, one of my newest purchases is a safety razor. So I'm not throwing out plastic razors. And it's interesting because to me, you have a little bit more upfront cost in purchasing items um, versus a continuous, you know, budgetary expense. Um, so I have found that whereas you have a little bit more with the upfront cost, you do find items that you pay a little more for, but then you're keeping them for years and years and years. So I really like that. Um, so yeah, did I make it? Close enough. Usually you're cutting me off at this point. So I was trying to keep it brief. <laughs> I you usually can. get the, hey, hey. <laughs> Okay, now you filled up your time. Good uh, job. <laughs> Jess, the floor is all yours. So, um, I grew up in a pretty environmentally conscious household. Um, my mom was a uh, a a hippie, shall we say? So, definitely grew up with that um that background. That um, you know, very. Uh, very mindful of the the earth and um, you know all the people in it and you know the impact that we have surrounding us but as an adult now um, especially with my my sister being into fair trade it has made me think more on my purchasing as far as um, the conscious aspect of, behind my food especially Things like um, around Halloween, we all hear a lot about um, palm oil and things like that with our Halloween candy. But um, things like, you know, we're all women here, chocolate. <laughs> you know, we we all love chocolate. But um, stuff that I didn't I didn't think about before, um, as far as uh, a lot of a lot of companies that make chocolate um, use child labor to um, harvest their cocoa beans. So that's something that I really try to think about when I'm purchasing um, chocolate. Um, there are certain um, companies that are now actually using um, monkeys to also harvest their uh, cocoa and their um, coconut. They um, they actually they it's horrific. They murder the mothers and steal the babies and train them to climb trees to harvest coconuts. So now that's things that, you know, you have to think about when you're purchasing your food. So it's, you know, environmental aspects, um, conservation. So that's something that I think about now as an adult and something I wouldn't have thought about when I was a kid because like, hey, candy. So that's, that's what I think about. Cool. Well, on that really depressing note, it's my turn. <laughs> Sorry. What's uh, murder monkeys? Oh, it's so sad. All right. So actually just this past week, I was looking for a new fuzzy sweater and I decided to buy it through Shelly Cove. 
because they donate a portion of their funds to the Karen Beasley Sea Turtle Rescue and Rehabilitation Center located in Topsail, North Carolina. Uh, they rescue hundreds of sea turtles every year. And it's also an organization that my son and his friend uh, helped fundraise for a little bit there. Um, they were actually able to, to raise a couple thousand dollars and I'm super proud of them and super proud of the Sea Turtle Hospital and everything that they do. So if I'm gonna buy you know, a sweater or something like that, I want it with a logo of something that I'm proud of and that's also gonna be giving back to uh, another uh, business like I got a hoodie with the shark and rescue and conservation center. Annie and I went and we got to tag sharks and it was a really cool experience, but I love wearing something where it's going to be like a, a conversation starter for somebody else and help spread awareness that way. Um, I try and buy items with the rainforest Alliance logo on it. You know, the little green frog that you see um, on your products when you're at the grocery. And I also try and buy reusable, like things like Final Straw, or I just got the Final Spork, which I'm super excited about. Um, and you know, if I'm out and I have to get something that's a throwaway, I buy in cans because they are infinitely recyclable. I hate seeing plastic bottles and straws and stuff everywhere. Um, and hey, that's my time. And now we've got Mary. So I um, did not prepare much for tonight's soapbox, and I was sitting here thinking about how I've changed. And I don't know that I like. I don't know that I make big changes. But here's the thing: I guess it doesn't matter because everybody making small changes adds up to big changes. So I don't know. I like Jess. I grew up. Um, my mom was a Girl Scout leader, and she just is just didn't say her mom was a Girl Scout leader. She said her mom was a hippie, but same thing. My mom was a Girl Scout leader. She, oh, it's definitely the same thing, Tracy. My mom signed me up for Girl Scouts until I was like 21 years old, and I'm not kidding you. I didn't attend a single meeting after I was like 12, but she kept registering me. Anyway, as a Girl Scout, you always left the place cleaner than when you found it. So that was a motto that we always kind of lived by. Um, litter in my family was um, equal to, oh, puppy. Littering in my household was equal to, I don't know, it was like a deadly sin. Um, it was right up there with like gluttony and greed um so we didn't do that but i guess as i've gotten older i've gotten i've become more aware of like everybody else single-use plastics and things like that one thing that i do i decided a couple years ago to be less of a consumer um so i one thing i do is i make my own laundry soap i probably save you know, eight plastic laundry soap bottles from the landfill or the recycling bin each year. So that's good. Um, I do harvest rainwater also. I'm getting the okay. It's time to go. Um, on to Tracy. I was babbling. Sorry. So I feel like my childhood must have been different from everybody's because there was 
nothing, there were no considerations about the environment in my family growing up. I'm also the oldest one here, I think. So maybe that's why it's different. But if you were in your car and you had something and you were done with it, tossing it out the window, like nobody thought anything of that when I was a kid growing up, which is absolutely crazy to think about now. Um, but I've done that as a kid. That's, we didn't really think too much of that. And then fast forward all the way till now, I live on an island that has only so much space. And so I'm figuring out a way to say that in every episode, by the way, I live on an island. <laughs> There's only so much space. So you suddenly become very aware of if you buy something that's plastic. My dog has a cough. Can you hear that? Oh, okay. just picked her up and she has a cough. Anyway, if you buy something that's plastic, I, I feel like now that I live here, I'm just more aware that this thing is going to be around on this island or out in the sea where I'm diving next week. Um, so I'm much, much more aware of that. But another thing that's changed is um, water is, is precious here. And so um, it's one of the reasons that I've switched to a lot of different products that I use now, like what's in my bathroom or products that are that are friendly for me and friendly for the environment. So I do use stream to see body wash and shampoo and all of those products because also I want to be able to water my own plants with my gray water whenever possible. And so I've made a lot of changes all the way from throwing my McDonald's burger wrapper out the window to <laughs> using, using only nature safe uh, products. So it's a big difference. And that's my time up. Um, so now I think we're going to move on to the part of the show where we talk to our guests and I am happy to introduce our first guest who, um, is, has been my friend, a friend for a long time. She's an entrepreneur, an adventurer, a lover of life, and also the owner of Reef Box, which is what she's here to talk with us about today. Megan. Well, thank Hi. you, Tracy. And by the way, happy birthday. Welcome. Thank you. Um, so I am the owner of Reefbox. Um, we've owned it roughly now two years. Um, I have been scuba diving since the early 90s. We just found my first open water certificate, which I got up not too far from you guys in Cincinnati, um, someplace over in, in, in uh, Marymount area. I'm not even sure the name of the store, any the shop anymore. Um, so what had happened was is is my partner renee um for her phd to celebrate i bought her open water classes um she then had, it took her years to finally get around to her open water dives it had something to do with the fact we went to south africa and jumped in the cage with with great whites on the outside of it <laughs> so it took me a couple of years to get her back in, in into the water and then once i did it was in, what, what was it this weekend, Tracy, three years ago this weekend? Yeah, it was three years ago this weekend because was, this was another thing that memory that came up on Facebook. And so because she got her, finally got her certification when we were away on this trip, um, I was trying to figure out what to get her for Christmas. So I bought her, you know, subscription boxes are, are all the rage. So I bought her um, a reef box. And this is just after, just starting out. 
Um, and she really, really enjoyed it. We kept it going, kept it going, kept the subscription going. And then finally, um, about May, he, I had an email just saying from the owner saying the brief box is up for sale or, you know, is anybody interested? Owning my own companies, this is company number three. This was, you know, at the time I had two, this was not a big far-fetched idea. So we bought Reefbox um, and took it over from there. Um, and I know part of this was, was to talk about the eco-conscious piece of, of our business. And, and with Reefbox, what we've done is that we have found a box manufacturer that's recycled materials. Even ink is eco-friendly on it as well. But then on top of that, because we put so many products in there, we put three to four products in, in our boxes. And we like to say it's a couple of items for above the water, a couple of items for below the water for a scuba diver. We, all that product comes with packaging. And is, as we try to get with our vendors and talk to them about the packaging, um, they still send lots and lots of packaging. So as we are having this assembled, we're pulling it out of their packaging and we are personally recycling all of that materials that they send to us. So to know that even the, the materials that that comes in is recycled too as well. So we're not leaving it up to the individual subscriber just whether it's in the trash or throw it in a recycle bin. So we recycle as much as we can. And even some of the product we resell, um, it's amazing a lot of the retail packaging, you know, when you get a couple hundred of these pieces and you pull them all out, you have this retail packaging that can be reused for somebody else too as well. So we upcycle as much as we can as well there too. And then we also give a portion of our proceeds to some sort of conservation effort, um, whether it is the Coral Restoration Foundation, which yeah, we have tried to do two, three dives with them, but uh, weather has never, ever cooperated other than we've been to Coral Palooza and, and was able to plant with them at Coral Palooza. But when we run our own, it just seems that, that Mother Nature never plays friendly with us. So on top of all that, we, we give to, like I said, other conservation efforts. I had to actually go to the website to look because what we tried to do is give to as much as possible that we can. Um, so we've you done to Sandy to um, Sandy Point Leatherback Project on St. Croix. That was one of our first that we gave to right there. We have um, what was at the time, I, and I'm not sure if it is the largest female uh, leatherback in, in years they've seen um, was our turtle that we sponsored in names. And I don't really remember the name of it be Wanu or Hanu something. Uh, I'm sure someplace. And then uh, if you look at on our webpage and our conservation page, we've given to Beyond the Reef, which is an effort after Maria and Irma, um, which they took stuff like the Willie T, the old Willie T that and sunk that as a scuba playground and a new reef. Now a green diver initiative to help raise money with Naui there too, reef.org. Um, so we do give a, quite a bit of, um, of our, our proceeds away to to some sort of effort to help restore this wonderful playground that we have um, from debris free oceans. And then our one of our favorite that we keep going back to is O-Search, um, the shark tagging people. And we actually had the privilege of going out on one of their Nantucket expeditions and watching them um, tag a, a white shark up in Nantucket as well. So that's what we do here at Reef Box. We are a monthly subscription box for scuba divers um, female owned and uh, really both of us ha have 
just enjoy the enjoy the sea, enjoy our playground, and we need to do everything we can to protect it and preserve it. And so that's what we said with this company, we're, we're going to give a piece of that to, to help protect that. Um, that's not awesome. Sure I appreciate your time. Thank you. All right. Um, our second guest that we have today, thanks so much, Megan, by the way. Um, our second guest that we have today um, is doing more than her part just to save the world and save our seas. And um, we were talking earlier, I think everyone on this podcast has her products spread all over our homes. So we're excited to hear her story. Um, Autumn, who owns Stream to Sea. Thank you, Tracy. So just chatting with you ladies very briefly. I mean, you're, you're sisters already, right? I mean, first off, soapbox. I'm always getting on my soapbox, and most people are telling me to shut up and hear. <laughs> Get up on my soapbox. How cool is that, right? Um, what all of you said was just so powerful and so meaningful to my heart. It's, it's the little things that add up. Mary, I think you said that initially. It's every drop in the bucket. Um, I make reef safe sunscreen body care products. I'm a cosmetic chemist. I've been manufacturing natural skincare for about 24 years now. I'm aging myself. Tracy, I don't know, we can talk about age, but <laughs> I've been making natural skincare products for pretty much my entire career. And it wasn't until I was diving in Palau and I saw oil slick coming off of the snorkelers that I first thought about how the products that I was making for our body could affect our environment as well. Now I've been diving. I was a Maui junior diver when I was a kid. My dad was a Maui instructor. And I remember grabbing the pony bottle and scrubbing the algae off the bottom of the pool. That was like my chore. And I was excited. I got to do that one for painting the fence or whatever. Um, my superpower breathing underwater. So I've, I've always had this connection to the ocean, but literally it was like 30 plus years in before I really thought about how the products we put on our bodies impact not just us but the environment as well as a natural product chemist i'm always thinking about you know you read synthetic fragrances we know that they have endocrine disrupting chemicals and they can hurt us different surfactants you hear about sodium lauryl sulfate in your toothpaste and you know where it comes from they say it's from coconut with the coconut and still call it a coconut there's so many things that it's derived from coconut well that sls was a coconut a really long time ago so those ingredients if you have cold source and you're using a toothpaste that has SLS in it while you're exacerbating your cold source, I thought about things like that forever, but I never thought that SLS is one of the primary ecotoxins to use in a toxicity lab. If you want to kill 100% of the in a tank, throw a little toothpaste and maybe you put it there, that's how you do it, right? So you know, some they seriously kill a lot of fish in it in a very um, dilute manner. So diving in Palau and I see that oil slick, that's the first thing that I really thought. Just because something's safe for us doesn't necessarily mean that it's safe for our waters. So I love what you said, Mary, about every drop adds up. I have so many people come up all the time. They're like, really? My sunscreen? I mean, I'm in this huge ocean and it really matters what sunscreen I use on my body. And I'm like, yeah, well, it's it, first off, don't put that garbage on your body. Your body's your temple, right? But secondly, it's not just you, it's the 10,000 other people that are jumping into that reef over and over and over and over again. It drops that up. If you know better, why wouldn't you? And as uh, I think Jess, you're saying, choosing mindfully of the products that you purchase, something might cost you a little bit more, but it's going to be better for you. 
And if it's more concentrated, a healthier ingredient, you probably don't have to use as much. It's gonna last longer, it's higher quality. It all kind of adds up, right? So that's, that's my soapbox, conscious consumerism. Consumers vote with their wallets. I don't care what side of the spectrum you're on. You drive change that way. The big companies are paying attention to us. I mean, divers were the educators of the sea and we're seeing all of these people talking about plastic in the ocean. Would that mission really be there if it wasn't for all the divers screaming about plastics in our ocean? Um, I, I think it all starts with us. We've got big mouths and we're the advocates for the sea. And the, the, the noise that we make, companies hear about it. Megan, when you're pulling the, the mask strap out of the box and it, it comes packed in this little cellophane package, you, you complaining about it, that mask strap company does pay attention to it. And I, I think it all adds up. Um, FedEx, you want to jump on a soapbox for a minute? FedEx, when you talk about changes to consumer, my last business, I shipped a lot with FedEx. This business, I'm more educated. And FedEx is the last shipping company in the United States that that supports the legal transport of shark fins. Guess what? Don't use freaking FedEx because they don't. They, they will allow, they say, as long as it's legal, it's not on the CITES list that they will allow the shipment. Well, you can't tell the difference between the legal shark fin and the illegal shark fin unless you're a shark expert, which I don't think they have shark experts running around at FedEx. So anyway, that's uh, that's another conscious capitalist, conscious consumerism. The noise that we make, these companies do hear it. Old Spice just just launched a, a deodorant stick packaged in a paper tube. How cool is that? They're paying attention to our noise. So that's my soapbox. And uh, if you have questions, I'd love to, to chatter more, but I think Megan will tell you I can ramble on for hours and hours. Told you she was fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's great. Thank you, ladies, so much. I've got so many questions for both of you guys, but is, does anybody else no. have anything? No? Um, no, I want to hear your questions, Miss Moderator. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Well, okay. So Reefbox, you guys have a different theme each month. Like how, what is your process in trying to find people that are going to give to the box or, you know, be a product in your box? And how do you come up with your themes? Cause like, I am constantly amazed. I had a subscription for a while, um, but I was always amazed at all the different themes you guys had. And it's so beautifully put together. Well, what we do is we come up with a keystone item something that we know everybody is really going to be excited about and, and, and just a cool item. Like last month we used a company out of Amsterdam called Trash Bag, um, in which they create, they make a hip, you can take down with you and you can collect trash and put it in there. Everything's upcycled in. So all the rubber in it's from scooter tires, the plastic is from, God, I can't remember, um, but the flaps are old billboard stuff of that sort. So we find a keystone item and then we wrap the, the box around that item. So in that case, we did a reef cleanup box last month. Um, so that was our keystone and it was well from there, kind of thing came, came together. You know, next month's gonna be Christmas. It's pretty easy. You know, we're gonna do some, some gift themed item stuff of that sort for it. Um, so that's usually how we start our boxes around some sort of keystone item. How do I find it? Um, go to show, I mean, we go to shows like Demon and that, but also we're constantly looking for new product. Um, 
and we also go to surf um, surf shows, surf expos. And you want another group that's just as, as uh, eco-conscious as the diving world, go to those surfers. And they are somewhat militant about it in some ways. I know there's another sunscreen company that tried to claim that they were um, reef safe. And, and it's a very famous brand, it has a monkey. <laughs> and the surf community said, oh, no, you're not. And they came back at them hard about about the claims that they were making and that came from the surf community so we go to surf shows too and find stuff and we brought some of that surf stuff in um we just did a wetsuit box in which we started with a change mat which we brought in from the surfing community we that's actually one of only three items that over three years that we've repeated um one of three items and that's just because it was such a big hit and that came from the surf community you put it on the ground change out your wetsuit Change, throw all your wet gear in there, cinch it up. It's a wet dry bag, so it doesn't get the back of your car all sandy, wet, dirty. Um, down here in Florida, we do quite a bit of, of shore diving too. So I have one of those, <laughs> Renee from or Renee Megan. I have one of those from uh, a reef box, and I love it. I use it all summer long at the quarry. Yeah, I, I mean, people love that item, so we did bring that one back because we did get quite a few requests about how do I purchase that again. Plus, we have turnover. I mean. Our subscription base is anywhere, but it's, it's interesting. When we first picked it up, it was about a three-month subscription base. I mean, about three-month turnover. We're now six to nine-month turnover. Uh, Our goal is not to do a new item um, right now at 18 months. You could go 18 months without getting the same item, and we're oh, just not cool. going around to some of, us, some of the same items just because they were cool. Like you love that change map. So yeah. that's one that will make it back. And, and, and the great piece about it is that we work with smaller businesses that have come up with some innovative ideas, new ideas, and we love throwing them in the box. Um, in that case, we worked with a company out in California um, that had a new GoPro handle for that they wanted to release. And so they released it in the box. There we wrapped actually a three month box series around a camera setup. By the time said done, you had everything you need other than the camera. So that's how we come up with our items. We pick the keystone item and work the box around it. Nice. I have the camera set up. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> it was very exciting getting it like piece by piece, month by month. It, it was a, a great idea. And I love subscription boxes because they're, you guys expose people to things that you would never otherwise no, like I've got the changing mat too. I would have never thought to get that for myself. So I just, subscription boxes are so fun. It's like Christmas in the mail. So that it is. We have a great little um, video up I did with my dad on the beach here um, talking about, cause I he gets a, a box every month and he goes, it's like a, it's like a birthday gift every month. <laughs> Quite nice. funny if you watch it. He is as dry as can be. It's, it's funny if you catch it on her Facebook page made me giggle <laughs> i love it and then with stream to see like love the products they're amazing what if any research have you found as a result like positives from products like yours like do you guys do any sort of research like that you mean like uh like testing research or new product development what type of uh, so like for the sunscreen, like what kind of, have you seen any of the positive effects or, you know, 
Yeah, totally. So, um, so we did a lot of testing during the development process, right? So that was when we learned that something that's good for us may not necessarily be good for anymore. There were a lot of ingredients, like initially I was planning on using because, you know, well, it's clear and it's zinc and it's not oxygen. Autumn, I couldn't hear you. I think, is your microphone blocked or something maybe? Let's see here. Hang on a sec. Unmute. No. How's that now? It's better. It's better. I think when you're closer, it's better. Yeah, I was leaning back, you know, kicking back, relaxing. So, <laughs> so um, during the product development side, I learned that uh, like some ingredients that are okay for us aren't okay for the environment. Initially, I plan on using a, an ingredient called clear zinc. It's made by Dow Chemical and it's zinc. It's not oxybenzone or the chemical filters. And it goes on your skin really nice and pretty and clear. During the testing, I learned that it's basically nanoparticles that are mushed up together in a ball and it makes a larger particle size so they can actually call it non-nano, but it actually is nanoparticles. And it exhibits really strong aquatic toxicity. So I look at them and say, well, why? I mean, regular zinc's okay. How come this clear zinc isn't? What does it take for that nano agglomerate to break apart? And I didn't do a study on that one, but I think it's because it's ionized. But anyway, so that was something that we learned during our side. One really positive note, so Hawaii is just implementing their ban next month in January, 2021 is when the Hawaii, which is the ban that received like massive worldwide attention, right? Everybody learned about it because of Hawaii, the Virgin Islands have passed legislation. I was honored to get to testify down there. They passed everything, which was awesome. Um, Palau has passed their legislation, but Hawaii is the one that made the mainstream media on it. And I was kind of, I don't know, I mean, they, they banned oxybenzone and octocrylene, so two ingredients. Of the 13 that have been shown to be toxic, they banned two. Well, the cool thing there was that people started policing it themselves. The downside was that savvy marketers say, okay, well, if I can't use oxybenzone, maybe I'll use avobenzone like a monkey company might do. And it's not the banned ingredient, but molecularly, they're like really bloody similar. So. It kind of surfers and divers and people that are educated conscious consumers start reading labels and it taught us all to read our labels. Well, Hawaii's ban hasn't even taken effect yet, but preliminary studies, the sampling results are showing that the levels of the, of the chemical UV filters in their surface waters, which were super high, not as high as in the Virgin Islands, Trunk Bay was disgustingly high, but uh, the, the levels are significantly lower than they were before and they're seeing some significant regrowth of the coral new coral polyps they're seeing more fish they're seeing less tumors can that be directly attributed to this increased awareness of sunscreen i like to think so i think it's just general awareness in general but why wouldn't you it's, it's pretty cool so it's cool right everywhere they're implementing these bands they're seeing positive signs of regrowth Give our, give our oceans every chance they can get. If it's, if it's taking uh, that one drop out of the bucket, why the heck not, right? So yeah, the, the researchers are seeing really good results on that side. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I, I have to ask, do you have any more products, new products you got coming out that you can talk about? <laughs> yeah, like I said, I can't, I can't keep a secret, but uh, so I've always talked against zinc or people think that I'm speaking against zinc. I'm not speaking against zinc. Regular zinc is fine, but uh, I, I do talk about nano zinc a lot and I don't use, I haven't used zinc in any of our formulas to date, 
because I haven't seen positive toxicity results, I can't afford to redo all the testing that we did during our development side. Excuse me, we tested um, our sunscreen during the development. We tested on coral larvae and found that we didn't adversely affect the settlement. I can't say that about some of the zinc formulas that we trialed or the uh, chemical-based surfer brands that we trialed. Those weren't didn't didn't um, those affected the coral settlement, whereas ours didn't. I wouldn't use zinc just because we couldn't redo the testing. Every year there's a there's a symposium called the Sunscreen Symposium where all of the manufacturers of the uh, of the UV filters, all the chemical ingredients, they they show you their new products and. Every year I walk around and the zinc companies that are that are now advertising is being, you know, use our product, use our ingredient if you want it to be reef safe. And I'd go up to them and I'd say, hey, this is awesome. It's reef safe, huh? I'm like, yeah. Can I see your testing? And they're like, oh my God, I'm the pariah, right? Get away from me, you crazy hippie freak girl. Um, <laughs> the last one. You girl scout. <laughs> <laughs> How to use it. And if not, I can knit something. <laughs> so the the very last manufacturer that I stopped at at the last uh, sunscreen symposium, it was the Zinc brand. And I asked about it. He's like, "Oh yeah, here, sure. Let me show you my technology. Let me show you my testing." And he opened his books. He introduced me to the toxicity lab. He said, "Give this woman anything she asks for. Let her see everything." And it's a it's a really novel coating. And what they do it's it's a vapor distilled zinc. So zinc is like this molecule, right? It's like this crystalline structure. And to make it less whitening, because nobody wants those things white, they, you know, you don't want that blue nose anymore. Most people reduce the particle size in the little ones and either smush them together or just keep it small. Well, this guy, what he did is he took this molecule and he smushed it. So it's now flat. So he uses vapor pressure coating to smush the molecule. So it still works great as a UV filter, but it doesn't exhibit aquatic toxicity because it's flat. So of all the manufacturers, he actually shared the data with me, and we're getting ready to launch a product. It's a sunscreen stick, just you know, stick format. It's made out of uh, recycled milk jugs. That's the packaging. Oh, good. Lovely. It's um, it's still a little whitening. It's not quite as it's not as clear as like a clear zinc, but it's quite a bit less than my original sunscreen. And it's just kind of a fun little stick format. And we've got that in tinted. We've got it in wild pink and wild blue color and. Um, the military desk board in blue and green, and maybe we'll do that too. But uh, that's that's the newest one. We did launch our squalene, our olive-based squalene product last month, and that's in support of Shark Allies. Have you guys all seen the squalene campaign that they've got going on? They're educating people if you look at like your vaccines. Vaccines are using shark-based squalene. A lot of cosmetic products are using shark-based squalene. Squalene does not have to come from sharks. Like 300,000 sharks are being killed for just the squalene in this in this area. Um, so we launched our squalene, and 20% of all revenue generated from, that, from our olive squalene through the end of the year is being contributed to Shark Allies to help support their efforts. And if you don't know what to do with squalene, it's like the best moisturizer in the world for your skin and for your hair. Anything that's dry or patchy will not make you break out. You get out of the ocean, you know how your skin's just kind of parched. Yeah regular moisturizer but just like three or five drops of squalene press it into your skin and it just like it just totally re-nourishes same thing with your hair you can put a little in your hair i love it on my face that's the newest one i want to try that yeah I'm you squalene. Some, yeah <laughs> squalene. i want some squalene 
Ladies, I have tried them. I have tried them both, and they're both fabulous. I went out diving with one of her boys, and uh, got to see the super secret uh, stick. And uh, nice. use that. And then also we have swaling too as well. And I have to. I will give kudos to her for two good products. Thank you. Nice. Uh, she's gonna be seeing a bunch of uh, purchases from all the rest after this. I know. <laughs> tomorrow morning like purchases from all the sirens <laughs> so i have um this is not a question about businesses necessarily i do tracy want to go back to your everyone must have grown up differently than me i don't i think i agree with you i remember seeing that kind of stuff around me it just wasn't in my house like i particularly remember one of my friends in high school we were like she stopped in the middle of the street opened her door so she could throw out a whole bag full of mcdonald's garbage into the middle of the road and then close her door and keep going like i, I remember that <laughs> i don't think this particular person would even I, she probably would be appalled to think that someone remembered that she even did that you know but just wasn't something we thought about you're gonna have to let us know if she says something to you like if she says oh my god i'm so glad you didn't say my name don't say her name don't say her name oh god no i would never <laughs> i would never so i have a question for either or both um i know a lot of people who say things like i would love to work for myself or i have this great idea but it's one thing to wish that you had your own company. There's a difference between wishing and taking that leap. So my question is more about just the entrepreneur side of that. Like what, what, do, you, what do you think is that first to just that little bump that you needed to start your own business? You want to take it? I, it's up to you. I think we both can because I think we're both, uh, I'm on my third business. Um, I don't work well for others. I learned That's exactly that. it. <laughs> right? I work I, I, with I'm others. I'm a horrible employee. I'm a horrible employee. Because <laughs> I could do it better. I can right. always do it better. <laughs> How are you successful? You know, it's, no, I do it my way. Yeah. Well, I think the other piece is you have to remember you're always on. You're always working. You're always you don't get to shut it down you don't get to shut it off and you know you can't slow down you have to keep going it's your name your business yeah and most of the time you don't want to shut it down so i tell people they say yeah i want to start this business are you obsessed with it are you absolutely obsessed with it do you wake up at two o'clock in the morning thinking about it do you keep yourself up are you always thinking about that idea are you jotting down notes all the time if so then yeah there's nothing like working for yourself but if it's just kind of like, well, you know, I, man, I think I can make more money doing it this way. No, you won't. <laughs> you, you absolutely won't. Go be, go be a really good employee for somebody else because entrepreneurs need really good employees that are smart. Um, I think that's the other piece is you're the last one to get paid. You're the last one. Every bit of your heart, soul, efforts, everything's in there. But you get great rewards on the other side too as well. Um, but yeah, especially the startup process until you get your groove. Um, you know, even today we're opening another, we're opening a new, uh, Renee's opening her new, um, yoga studio and we've spent just getting in eight 30 last night, nine o'clock last night. The dog is excited to see us. We went to bed at midnight last night. We're up at four o'clock this morning 
to go get the studio up and running and we didn't stop until five o'clock because it's yours and now you're sitting on this podcast i mean having the time of your life i am <laughs> no doubt wonderful time with you ladies but again, and you're still working yeah i am just different hat <laughs> don't love it if you don't love it it's not worth doing but if you do love it there's nothing better there's absolutely nothing so, if you do love it and you're obsessed with it and you wake up in the middle of the night thinking about it, what what do you do? What now? What do I do? Megan, I don't know if you if you wrote business plans. I always stunk at them. The only time I ever wrote a business plan was when I needed money and I had to go to the bank to get it. So when I started when I started my first business, I kept working for my boss until I could until I couldn't afford not to work for myself. You have to have another source of income at the beginning. Either that or you need to take on some serious debt or investment capital. Um, I'm a big fan of avoid investment capital as much as you can because partnerships are the work of the devil. Um, it's the quickest way to ruin a friendship by, by having product and second that, third that, and fourth that one. <laughs> there goes all of our business plans, Sirens. <laughs> oh, you go into it with the best intentions. You go into it as friends. But I'll tell you on the other side, it's it's real tough on the other side to, to okay, everyone, okay, here's a good one. Everyone in high school has worked in a group setting, right? Where you had a group project. And you go into it with this idea, everything's going to be wonderful, grand, fun, fine. Everyone's going to do their part. And everyone kind of does their part, but some people do their part better than others. And some people have opinions about others and how they should have done their part. And then you get the one that goes, hey, I'm still going to hang on. <laughs> Right. You're getting the same grade you guys get, so. so I, and I hate to say that about all partnerships, but, you know, that's what you have to be careful of is, is who, who does what, how, when, where, and pulls their weight in, in a partnership. And then, you know, even if you write it for the, write your exit plan to, you know, because you always write your exit plan when you write your entry plan. Yeah. You know, it doesn't always go down the way you expect them to. <laughs> and I, I'll second her don't get in debt I mean that that's not you don't want to go down you don't want to get into the debt piece of, piece of it you start off behind the eight ball and you're always going to be chasing something then at that point yeah there's money available you can get it you can raise it but if you can avoid it do everything you can not to yeah so I'll be the really passionate employee for one of you guys. Okay. <laughs> yes. Oh, hi, baby. Aw. Well, hello. Sorry. I dog. I love I talked to the dog. Aw, what a precious baby. I'm sorry you're coughing. He does sound like it might be a little bit of kennel cough if I just having had an experience a month ago with it. Yeah, I'll drop him at the vet in the morning. <laughs> Gracie, I have a question for you. You said she. The last you did I say heard, she. I was wondering if you had another dog. Boys. Did you adopt a new fur baby? No, I didn't realize I said she. <laughs> yeah, Becky, I heard it too. I was like, what? Because <laughs> none of us were going to be surprised if she did. Not at all. I think there was a six-toed cat that almost made it into a bag this week. <laughs> <laughs> Morris almost came home with me. 
Oh, Morris. It was Morris, yes. <laughs> Morris, was it Scrappy or Scrappy was his actual name? Yeah, we renamed him. Well, I want to thank Megan and Autumn for coming on the show. I learned so much for you, from you guys. It's amazing that you were able to, to take the time out and talk with us. We really appreciate it. Thank you for the invite. It was a lot of fun. Thank you. Yeah, I had a really good time, too. Um, are we ready to uh, end our episode? I believe so. That's how I talk take now. Us out. Episode. Are you from Minnesota? No. <laughs> She's no, working on her voices. <laughs> yeah, I am. Uh, I am practicing my voices because it's a super secret fantasy that I want to be a voice actor. So there we go. I said it out loud for the universe. Not super secret anymore. You right. work for yourself. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. But I can work well for others. But you know, I don't love uh, it. I cannot. <laughs> All right. Well, let's end our week with a challenge to our suds instead of a question of the week. This week's challenge is we would like you to add an eco-friendly business to your holiday gift buying list and then tell us about it. And you can tell us about it on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter. And for every um, eco-friendly business that you tell us about, we will put your name in an entry for a Siren Soapbox Magnet. This is exclusive merchandise, people. What, what? Flag. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you for joining us this week on our Soapbox. We can't wait to hear about all those eco-friendly eco businesses you support. And don't forget to check out our friends at reefbox.us for the scuba diver in your life and stream to see that stream the number two c.com for the person in your life who has skin. hair and skin yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> that's until everybody that's right so until next time dive in stay curious and be happy bye everybody Bye. you've been listening to another episode of siren soapbox before you go please show your support by subscribing and leaving an honest review for the show wherever you listen to podcasts stay connected to the sirens on facebook at siren soapbox and if you haven't already tell your community about the siren soapbox so they can join this thriving sisterhood too thank you and catch you on the next episode